Hey everybody, Josh here, and you're listening to the Game Plan Podcast on the JRB Studios Podcast Network. Today's episode is brought to you by the Fairway Bunker Blog. The Fairway Bunker Blog is practical, sometimes unorthodox, advice for golfers by golfers. For more information, head over to fairwaybunkerblog.com. Now, let's enjoy the show. What the heck is going on, everybody? It's Josh, and we are back with another episode of the Game Plan Podcast here on the JRB Studios Podcast Network. Uh, I am joined in studio, not over Skype this time, in studio. In the flesh. By my good friend and brother and mentor and best friend uh, and scramble partner and really anything that you can equate to friendship, he's that to me. Also Nick, but yeah. Nick's not here, so I'm saying all these nice things about Matt because he's with me today. I'm here. <laughs> and that's right. It is Matt uh, in the flesh, Matt Brown himself from the Fairway Bunker blog, all the way from Kansas City, uh, mm-hmm. here in lovely, wonderful Harrison, Arkansas. To um, Arkansas is nice. Yeah, it's not bad. <laughs> I mean, it's not the greatest, but it's not bad. It's no Texas. It's but. not Texas. Texas <laughs> is the glory, like... Glory, glory, hallelujah, it's the promised land. That's right, I agree. I've never lived there a single day in my life. Um, made a lot of trips there, though, and it's I love where, it. It's where our roots are. Oh, yeah, for show. So, today, what we're talking about, obviously, we got Fairway Bunker blog in here, so we're talking about golf, uh, but not just golf, because this is the Game Plan podcast, so it's not just a golf podcast, it's a all-sports podcast. We're talking about an idea that uh, stemmed from a blog on the Fairway Bunker blog, which you can check out at fairwaybunkerblog.com. Spelled just how it sounds. Yep. It's pretty simple. (laughs) No no tricks there. (laughs) I'll link it in the description for those of you that uh, don't know how to spell, though. Uh, Looking at you, Tanner. Um, So, (laughs) feels like a jab. All right. So, we're two minutes in and we've already gone off the rails, but it's fine. Uh, We're talking about this idea of go big or go home and it really we're gonna touch on golf obviously because that's who i've got in studio with me but we're also going to talk about a couple other sports because me and matt we're pretty well versed in the sports world we've played multiple sports we are fans of pretty much all sports um including football even though we're not huge fans of football we like to watch football every now and then giga maggies uh sick of bears um <laughs> so what we're going to do basically is take this idea of go big or go home. We're going to start with on the golf course. We're going to give a couple different scenarios, talk through it, and then kind of see how that applies to other things. So, Matt, you wrote a blog. I did. Because every week I do. That's what you do. You write <laughs> blogs. This one was posted on August 19th, so it's a bit older, a couple weeks old. It, it's uh, about a recent, month old. But yeah, it's one of the older ones. It is simply titled go big or go home uh Mm -hmm. and the whole premise behind it is when you hit a bad shot do you then from that bad shot try to hit a hero shot or play it simple chip it out in the fairway pitch it out into the fairway Mm -hmm. or if it's bad enough just pitch it out into the shorter rough if you have to right uh and take a simple shot over 
maybe Bubba Watson at the Masters in 2015 <laughs> hooking it 40 yards around off some trees straw. off of some pine needles. Yeah. Uh, because you're not Bubba Watson, so... No. So, uh, I know my answer. You might slice it like Bubba Watson, but you're not Bubba <laughs> yeah. Watson. You're not going to win the Masters <laughs> by doing that. Right. <laughs> so, uh, I know my answer to go big or go home. Uh, it, my answer is conditional, of course, as most are. But, mm-hmm. and I'll talk to you a little bit about it, but we haven't talked to the people about it. Yeah. So, walk me through your thought process in writing this blog and kind of what your ideas were going yeah. into it. Yeah, so um, I'm a pretty conservative golfer uh, by nature, um, and so my my thought process in writing this blog was: look for for the average golfer, myself included. Like I'm I'm a pretty low handicap, pretty good player, but I'm not immune to bad shots. Nobody is, mm-hmm. and so I include myself in saying this. Uh, most amateur golfers find themselves in sticky situations, in bad places, um, with some regularity, right? Whether it's a few times around or a lot of times per round, you find yourself, you know, you pull one or push one off the tee, you hook or slice it, or you just have a bad lie. You know, you just catch a bad break and uh, you're behind a tree, even though you hit a good shot, you end up in a fairway bunker. Um, yeah, punny. Um, or you just have a bad lie, even in the fairway. Maybe you land in a divot, right? So the, the thought process was, and this includes, you know, a scenario with, uh, maybe not hitting a bad shot, Mm -hmm. but you know, say it's par five, do you go for it or not? Right. Mm -hmm. The, the idea is whatever shot you're standing over, you try to do something heroic or do you try to, or do you just take your medicine and play conservatively? Um, my answer to that is, um, similar to most of my answers on the blog, because as a writer, you can't really take a firm stance and say, this is the way it is. Cause the reality is that's not the way it is all the time. I mean, with certain things, but, but with most things with, that I'm going to be yeah, writing about with most yeah, things on this blog, it's kind of like a gray area. Right. And it's like, Hey, here's some advice, um, to get you thinking and taking charge of your own game really. Um, so I kind of sat on the fence and said, look, the, the situation should determine your shot. And that's true of any golf shot, whether you're in the middle of the fairway off a fantastic drive, looking straight at the flag, or whether you're off the beaten path in the woods, right? (laughs) The situation should determine every shot you take. There are going to be situations where you should attempt the hero shot. Mm -hmm. It would be worth it perfect example is going to be tomorrow we're playing in a two-man scramble there's going to be a situation where maybe on on a par five you know we you hit first with our second uh shot and make it you know close to the green or safe right you go for it like when i step up to hit my shot you go for it Mm -hmm. You, you go big in that moment um, but there are going to be other times where, you know, we're standing over a shot and whoever hits it first hits a poor one. Uh, and so we have to play more conservative, more defensive and say, okay, what's the smart shot now? Um, so the situation is going to have to dictate, you know, what you do mm-hmm. every single time. You know? I also think 
um, not just the the situation, but it also depends on. Well, I guess it is kind of still the situation, but the like the type of game you're playing. So, like if you're playing stroke play, uh, if you're playing match play, because if you're playing match play and be aggressive, yeah. That's if you're my playing advice for match play, if you're playing match play, then you need to make something happen, right? Because mm-hmm. if you lose a hole, then you're down, right? right. If you're playing stroke play and you can get it back, yeah, you lose a shot. You can, you know, birdie your eagle later on down the road and get that shot back. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, or like, if you're playing like a around a Stableford, you know, you get points based on your score on that hole, mm-hmm. and you're gonna get points on the board even for bogey, double bogey, right? So, really, just depends on the type of round that you're playing. Also, yeah. you know, you got to factor in your lie you know the mm-hmm. um uphill downhill i guess slope is the word that you should use there right yeah. uh, the wind you know uh, distance all those things factor mm-hmm. into it because especially the most common way that i play golf is scramble because i don't like going to play golf alone so i go typically um with you or with uh, dylan and we go and play and we'll play two-man scramble in those instances, it's always very clear which one of us is going to go big and which one of us is going to go home, right? Like for me and you, I typically hit first so that you know what you have to do after that. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I play with Dylan, it's the opposite because our roles are reversed. Because between the two of us, you're the better golfer. Between me and Dylan, I'm the better golfer. And that's not to say Dylan's bad. It's just that I've played longer and I'm more experienced than him. Right. And so our roles are reversed. So like when I play with you, I understand that some of my strengths complement your weaknesses. Like, uh, I'm decent off the tee and you're pretty good off the tee, but you're better in the short game. Mm-hmm. You're better with the flat stick. I can't putt to save my life. Right. Yeah. So I'm going to bomb it off the tee every time. And then hopefully hit a decent second shot. You're going to hit a good second shot. Cause you're good with your irons. And then you're always going to hit a good putt. Uh, but it's different when I play with Dylan. Dylan is really good off the tee, and he can hit it 30 yards further than me. So, you know, it's obviously, it depends on your situation. Um, but I also think that this can translate into other sports, too. Oh, absolutely. Like, yeah. did, did you watch Thursday Night Football in week two this week, Carolina? I didn't watch Thursday Night. I watched, um, football is a strange thing for me. I I like to root for just all teams texas when it comes to football <laughs> except um, the cowboys apparently here is the thing the about patriots the cowboys. fan i never root against the cowboys okay ever. that's fair that's a family thing i never root against the cowboys i will typically root for the cowboys unless they're Almost playing always. new england unless they're playing new england and we'll see how the rest of the season goes they lost but i was really impressed with houston yeah houston's pretty good i was really impressed uh, they were an exciting team to watch so, I, I watched all kinds of other football. I watched AM play, obviously, last Saturday. Um, I Did watched, you watch UT and I watched LSU? Texas and LSU because it, it came game. on right after. Um, it was a high-ranking game, so it was, it was a really good game, too. Um, I watched both Monday Night Football games. Uh, of course, I watched England play. However... I did not watch Thursday Night Football, so I'm not going to know what you're talking about. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, I'll set the scene for you because it's, I mean, it's really easy to set. Um, fourth and one 
Carolina has the ball. They've got Cam Newton in their backfield, who by and large is the best rushing quarterback in the league currently. Um, Deshaun Watson's going to take care of yeah, that. Yeah, Deshaun though. Watson's real good. <laughs> I was really impressed with him. I'll just... I may say that a few more times. I was really impressed. Deshaun Watson's real good. So, fourth quarter, fourth and one. Uh, time is expiring. You've got Cam Newton in the backfield. All you need to win this game is a touchdown. And your fourth and one sets you up with a first and goal. Carolina lines up. And instead of just trying to do a QB sneak and get the one yard to set up on a first and goal for the next play... They direct snap to Christian McCaffrey, who, by and large, one of the best running backs in the league. So I can't fault him for going to him because he's an, he's an incredible football player. But their mindset in that was to go big to get the touchdown on that play. They direct snap to Christian McCaffrey. They fake a Philly special with Cam Newton rolling out. Christian McCaffrey rolls out to his left, ends up getting stuffed, runs out of bounds. They lose the football. Then they lose the game to Tampa. Right. So it's pretty embarrassing, for one, to lose to Tampa. Pretty embarrassing to lose at home to Tampa. Pretty embarrassing to have a fourth and one and the best rushing quarterback in the league. Arguably, at at least top three. At least top three. It's the same scenario as, like, Seahawks in the Super Bowl against the Patriots. Yeah, why throw the ball? Why do you throw it? Yeah. Because Malcolm Butler is kind of just intercepted. Yeah. It's a similar situation, yeah. When we were talking about this earlier, I couldn't help but think of Carolina. Like, they wanted the touchdown on that play when really just QB sneak, snap it to Cam Newton, let him fall over the top of his center and get the one yard, mm-hmm. and then you set up for a first and goal. Yeah. Why Why is it so common for people to, quote-unquote, go big? Like, why is that such a why is that such a phenomenon? Not just in golf, but in all sports. In all sports, yeah. I, I think it's a pride thing. It um, it makes us feel good when it works, right? Like I, specifically in a golf context, right? If I'm in the woods with a small window between trees to hit it up onto the green and I pull off that shot, how awesome do I feel the rest you're gonna, of the day? Yeah, you're going to talk about it all day. And you're going to hit better shots the rest of the day because your confidence is boosted after right. hitting so, that. Right, so, you know, and it... It's it's a pride thing to to just feel awesome, right? Rather than saying what's sensible, uh, what do I know will work, and um, what it, what can I rely on or what can I count on? Now that's not always the case, but by and large, I think that's what it is. It's a rush of blood to the head, and it's us saying, "Oh, it would be awesome if." Mm-hmm. XYZ. Yeah, it would be um, awesome, but it's also dumb. <laughs> but it's also, yeah, it also has a, a lower uh, success rate, right? In Carolina's instance, like, yeah, a trick play, a fancy run play trying to trick the defense, that would have been awesome had they pulled that off. Had it would have been really cool. Yeah. Especially if they had gotten the touchdown, it would have been yeah, sports center, like top 10. It, it would have been awesome. But now However, it's on the not top 10 because it didn't work. Exactly. However, you know, you get a play that you know is going to work. You know Cam Newton can get one yard. Yeah, every you time. You know he can. Every time. So you run that play, and then on the next play on first and goal, then you try the trick play. Yeah. Right? It's like, that's just sensible, but that's not exciting. No. That's not awesome. That's not uh, going all in. And that's the problem, I think, with a lot of sports, is that people think that you 
that giving it your all equals doing reckless things Mm -hmm. and trying to be awesome all the time. And the reality is, a perfect example for us, I hate to keep bringing up Texas teams, but that's just what I do. (laughs) Why are the San Antonio Spurs consistently one of the best basketball teams in the NBA? They're not flashy. They're not showy. They don't have big names. They don't do awesome things. They do the little things right. But they win consistently because they constantly do the little things right. The things that don't make it to Sports Center, the things that aren't, you know, flashy with big endorsements and mm-hmm. billboards and, you know, all this stuff, but they win championships consistently. Yeah, they, when, when they're Tim a nuisance Duncan, in the playoffs consistently. When Tim you Duncan know? leads you to five champions, like Tim Duncan is the most unoffendable and un, like, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, he's the least flashy mm-hmm. dude in the history of sports. And he's your guy that's at the helm, obviously pop, but he's, who's yeah. also very right. unflashy. It's a culture thing. There. Yeah. yeah. It's like the, those guys have won five championships together because they, they don't worry about mm-hmm. doing big and flashy, which like, I hate to bring it back to football, but that's, what's relevant right now. And so that's what I'm thinking about. But like, yeah, it's, it's the deep ball or, yeah. Or like, you know, whatever. Like if if you had to pin them against each other, like do you take Saquon Barkley from the New uh, New York Giants or you take Ezekiel Elliott from Dallas? Like Saquon Barkley might lose you three yards on a play, but he might bust open for twenty five. Where Zeke, you know, he's capable of busting open for twenty five, thirty, forty yards, but he's going to consistently get you four to six yards every play, yeah. right? Like so for me, same thing with San Antonio. Do what is consistent. Mm-hmm. it's like um uh oh, what's his name mike d'antoni from houston he has a very specific game plan you're either going to get three points because it's worth more or you're going to get a layup because it's a higher percentage mm-hmm. and that's just smart basketball mm-hmm. like you're either going to shoot a shot that gets you more points than the other team or you're going to shoot a shot that you're more likely to make at the bucket yeah like that that's just smart right mm-hmm. and i think that can be applied to all sports where it's like you know tom brady is a perfect example tom brady mm-hmm. throws a lot of slant pass. he throws yep. some deep balls he does yeah but he throws a lot of slant passes he's, he's here's the thing i will for, till my grave i will say tom brady is the greatest quarterback of all time i don't think you get any opposition on that and i don't think i can't like there's if you try to argue with me i'll just say just look at the banners right like <laughs> Look at the records. Look at the track record. Like, there's really no argument. Um, he's not a super accurate quarterback downfield. That is his kind of weakness, other than the fact that he can't run. He's, yeah. yeah he, he's slower I mean, he's than 45 toddler, now, so. Yeah. <laughs> he's a million years old. Yeah, he's, like, ancient. But there's a system in New England where he doesn't have to leave the pocket. Yeah, he typically doesn't have to throw more than twenty yards downfield anyway, because mm-hmm. and it works. Edelman's always open; nobody can cover him. You know. Yeah, he, now you got Josh Gordon, who is your deep threat, but also runs slants really well. He's a great route runner, right? And for years, you know, whether it's Wes Welker or Danny Amendola, or you know, name your tiny little slot receiver that New England puts in there that becomes a superstar. You chip away. Every yeah. single play. And that's what Brady does. And that's Belichick's style. Mm-hmm. That's why they're the dynasty they are. 
because they're not trying to throw it 40 yards downfield every time. You know, even when they had Randy Moss on the squad, they didn't do that. Yeah. He was He's a deep threat who stretched the defense. Arguably one of the but best go deep threats the ever, and they didn't throw it to him every yeah. possession. You know, he stretched the defense. He opened up the middle of the field for Wes Welker, for Edelman, for Amendola, for all those guys, for Gronk. You know, um, it, it's not very often do you see New England going big, doing mm. things flashy. It's it's that, strategy. The only one I can think of. And, only one I can think of off the top of my head is that play in the Super Bowl where Edelman like Edelman ran a deep route and then it was the one where he caught it like under the receiver yeah. or under the cornerback like before it hit the ground like that. Mm, yeah. That's the I only one it. I can think I of. It. I mean, obviously there are others. There are highlights of him throwing deep balls to Randy Moss because it's freaking Randy Moss. But yeah, but still like the premise is the same. Like mm-hmm. Tim Duncan, consistent, five championships. Mm-hmm. Tom Brady. Consistent, six championships. Yeah, Michael Jordan, consistent. Uh, obviously, in his later years, more flashy, and as he ages now, he's more flashy. But right. you know, consistency wins championships, mm-hmm. right? And I think you see that even in the golf world from like Brooks Kepka. He's yeah. kind of flashy, but he's consistent. Yes, and he doesn't do stupid things. I mean, he wears stupid shoes. But he, <laughs> but he doesn't hit. Sense doesn't affect his golf game. He but doesn't I hit agree. stupid shots. And same yeah. with like Rory. And I mean, the only really the only one that you, I can think of on top of my head that kind of goes against the grain on that is Tiger. Mm-hmm. Like I mean, Tiger's the greatest of all time, in my opinion. But that's just a generational thing. If you ask my dad, it's probably not Tiger. It's Jack. But like <laughs> Tiger, Arnie. Tiger always went big, right? Yeah. But that's his game. He knows mm-hmm. his game. The thing I think about, you know, we're talking uh, Duncan and, and Brady and consistency and, you know, players who have had success at a high level but not done it in a flashy way, not really ever broken out that go big mentality. In the golf world, I think of um, one of my favorites, probably on my short list, like top three, four, uh, Jordan Spieth. Oh, yeah, Jordan. He's not, you know, he hits some amazing shots, but everybody on tour hits some amazing shots. Yeah, they're on tour. <laughs> exactly. He's not the go big, balls to the wall, like taking big risks type of player. Mm-hmm. And he's won four majors. He's won the FedEx Cup. Like, he's he's won so much, and he's consistently been. This year was a rough year for him. He struggled a lot. Um, but... Over his career, short career, consistently uh, he's so young, he's consistently a top golfer in the a, world, a top player. And the reason is he doesn't hit it super long off the tee, but he's typically, like I said, this year he had a two-way miss, had some real struggles off the tee. Typically, he's a very good driver of the golf ball, very consistent. He's been one of the best iron players the PGA Tour has ever seen, like bar none. Just fantastic ball striker, and his putter. When he's not doing stupid crap with it's insane. it, is the best on tour, yeah. in my opinion. Hands best down. on tour. And so you add all that up with making very few mistakes, and of course he's won majors. Of course he's won all these tournaments. Of course he's won the FedEx Cup. You know, blah 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 blah. But he's not doing it by driving it three forty. And and Roy McIlroy, he's the player of the year this year. 
he does things big a lot. But that's his game. That's how he plays. That's how he wins. Jordan Spieth is the opposite. Mm-hmm. He does things with consistency. He doesn't do them showy. He doesn't have to go big. He doesn't very often. He plays very sensibly. The one exception to that was the three wood he hit from the opposite fairway at the Open a few years ago uh, when he just tattooed that fairway wood. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know how he hit it on the green, uh, but he did. But that wasn't like a go big or go home type of shot. That was like a... That's just the this shot. Is, this is the shot that I need to hit for this situation. Yeah. And so, in a sense, that wasn't like a go big, like, well, just go for it and see what happens. <laughs> yeah. That's more of what I'm talking about with this blog is like, well, whatever happens, happens. Let's just try to do something amazing. Mm-hmm. You know, hitting a crazy shot that's right for the situation is going home, so to speak. It's yeah. not going big, so... Um, each situation, each shot will have its own considerations. Um, I lean more toward being conservative, focusing on consistency, repetition, um, because like we've talked about across sports, that kind of, it it plays out over time. Mm Mm-hmm. That's good. So, um, last thing I want to do, because we're hitting 25 minutes uh, last thing I want to do is I want to ask you a trivia question. Not really a trivia question. Just I want to ask you um, a general knowledge question uh, because we've talked about consistency in football. We've talked about consistency in golf. We've talked about consistency in basketball. Uh, I want you to name for me, and I'll do the same afterwards, I'll, after you do. I'm not going to leave a challenge undone. <laughs> uh, in your opinion, the most successful and consistent Baseball player and soccer player. Hmm. That way we cover all five of our favorite sports. Okay. Uh, Baseball player um, in recent history. Now, you could probably make arguments for other players like throughout history. But in recent history, I would say probably Derek Jeter. That's pretty good. He's won everything that you can win. And he's done it for probably the most recognizable franchise in world baseball uh, because baseball is becoming a world sport Mm -hmm. in a, in a small way. And he's just had so much success and he's kind of the same way. He's not a super flashy. He's just a go about your business, do your job type of player. Most flashy thing he ever did was uh, sign with Jordan brand. (laughs) (laughs) Basically. Yeah. And even then he basically just wore black Jordans, you know, all the time. So uh, I'd probably say Derek Jeter, um, but he's also a middle infielder, and I'm partial to middle infielders. Sure. Um, you know, you could talk like Jason Veritek or Roger Clemens or um, even Justin Kurt Schilling. Yeah, yeah you, there's a bunch of guys you could throw in there. But for me, I think Derek Jeter, just because I think if you're putting players in a category like Tim Duncan, Tom Brady, Jordan Spieth for consistency, for... Um, just going about their business, doing their job, and doing it really well. Uh, I'd say Derek Jeter for baseball. I can agree with that. I would say um, my baseball pick most recently, and it's probably just a generational thing because I really only started actually paying attention and watching and like investing time in baseball uh, probably just like the last 10 years. Uh, and so I, I did catch Jeter, you know, in the later years of his career, but you're a little older than me. You've been watching longer than me. So you've got to watch Jeter more, uh, and Jeter's 
one of my favorite of all time. But I and I say that as a Red Sox fan. Yeah, <laughs> mad respect for that for that guy. I, I think he's a like I said, fantastic player. I think he's a, a great person as well. He's a pretty terrible general manager for the Miami Marlins, but we won't get into that. It's a whole other <laughs> side of sports that has nothing to do with your yeah ability. So I think my baseball player um, would have to be Mike Trout, yeah. and that's probably a generational thing. Like I said, probably a generational yeah. thing, yeah. but to me. He's the most, I mean, I can't say underrated because he just made $440 million. Right. But, You're not underrated when you make that. Yeah. And everyone in the game knows that he's the best in the game. But he's the he's the most, like, humble dude on the baseball field. And he's, you know, he's hit almost 50 jacks this year. And I, the dude is just, he's insanely consistent yeah. with his game. And he's not flashy about it. He's not like a Bryce Harper. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I love Bryce. You know I love Bryce. Yep. He's one of my favorite in the game. But there comes a point where it's like, dude, just, you know. Chill. Just be, <laughs> be consistent. And, and I'm not yeah. talking about, you know, when you hit 30 jacks a year, but you've got 500 strikeouts. Like, that's an exaggeration, of course. But right. but still, like. It doesn't feel like it sometimes. You're either hitting a home run or you're striking out, right? And there's no consistency there. Mm-hmm. And so, for me, you know, that, that consistency in baseball has got to be Mike Trout. So real quick, uh, who's your most consistent soccer player that you can think of? Mm. That's difficult because there are exponentially more soccer players than almost every other sport because it's worldwide. Yeah. And soccer um, is my co-favorite sport with golf. So this is tough. Uh, This is actually going to really surprise you, this answer, because I think you have one of two players in your mind that I'm going to say, and it's not. Um, I'm going to say Kaká. Uh, that's good. And here's why. It's a good um, pick. It, it follows our theme. One of the most consistent central midfielders who has ever played the game has won every accolade you can possibly think of. Major titles in most of the major European leagues, Champions League title, World Cup title, Copa Americana title, uh, Ballon d'Or winner multiple times. Like literally, name a major award that he possibly could have won and he won it as a player um also a christ follower by the way Um, shout out which is awesome uh but did it so humbly and so just you know like andre siniesta he's a player that if you're not really into soccer you don't know how vital he is to the success of the team um and kakao is like that but more well known because of all the accolades he won because of all the hardware he has in his house right um but yeah if we're talking success on a consistent level and doing it without being flashy without have without having a career marked by flashy go big type of mentality like ronaldo yeah exactly who's who's consistent mind you ronaldo's very consistent he's just very over the top right um, I, I gotta say Kaká. That's a good pick. You could also say Ronaldinho. Yeah. Um, he's in that same category. Um, Ronaldo, Brazilian Ronaldo. Yeah, Brazilian Ronaldo. There's so many that you could pick, but for me, it, it's Kaká um, because Ronaldinho, Ronaldo were kind of, well, they had already retired when I started Yeah. really watching soccer. Kaká was kind of, I got to watch him up until like MLS even. Um 
so for quite a while. So I, he's more kind of fresh in my mind. That's a good pick. Uh, he very consistent. Mm-hmm. Um, my pick, though, it's probably going to surprise you because you're probably thinking that I'm going to say Clint Dempsey because he's my favorite player of all time. <laughs> uh, I understand he's probably not one of the greatest of all time, one of the greatest Americans of all time, hands down. Yeah, for sure. Top five, probably top three Americans of all time. I, I in my mind, it goes Landon Donovan, Clint Dempsey. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, he's my favorite player of all time. In he's... ten years, I'll say Christian Pulisic. Donovan, <laughs> that's what I was about to say. I put no I put Pulisic Christian, up but, there, but <laughs> yeah. uh, but my my pick, and this is going to surprise you because uh, this is a team that you have consistently followed that I you know kind of hit and miss. But uh, in terms of the biggest stage in soccer, which we can agree is the World Cup, arguably mm-hmm. the biggest stage in all of sports in the world, mm-hmm. probably. Um, I'm gonna have to go with Thomas Muller. Yeah. Dude, I mean, in two World Cups, yeah. in two World Cups, he tied the World Cup goal record. Mm. In two World Cups. He is such an underrated player. Yeah. Now, he's also... Was it two World Cups in a row that he had five goals apiece? I think so. Like, if that's not consistent, <clears throat> then I don't know what is. Yeah. He, at the club level, can kind of be inconsistent sometimes. Part of that is Bayern Munich is they're up and down they're consistent in the league they're up and down in the champions league manic highs and manic lows <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's what you get yeah and there's just so much competition at his position mm-hmm. which is typically like a not a number nine center forward it's like a, a right forward or right winger you know more out on the right hand side there's just so much competition at Bayern, and in the world right now at at the winger position and he's not the fastest he's not the strongest he's very technical Mm -hmm. he's very intelligent and um he's like the Derek jeter that he's like he's gonna get the job done the right way no matter how he has to do it yeah and he's gonna consistently put up good numbers he's gonna have lots of goals lots of assists um throughout all competitions every season but yeah i i think He's a player that, for Bayern and for Germany, when he retires, it's going to be a big loss. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, it's going to be a, a big loss just Who's, because of his um, consistency. Refresh my memory. Uh, the German player that, uh, that Cody used to just be in love with, uh, Klaus. Yep. Miroslav. Um, Miroslav Klaus. Or Klaus. Klausa. Klausa, however you say it. I've heard it pronounced both That ways. dude. I never got to watch him play. Uh, I take that back. I watched him play in his last World Cup. Yeah. Uh, but that's all I ever got to watch because mm. that's really when I got into soccer. But yep. that dude is legit. He is the epitome of an opportunistic striker. <laughs> yeah. The epitome of it. Most of his goals were not pretty. But he was in the right place at the, the right, right time. Yep. And he rammed it home. Yep. Uh, and that's exactly what you want from a number nine. That's similar to Thomas Muller, though. Like in the last World Cup that, that I watched mm. closely. I don't know about the last one. Because uh, the U.S. wasn't in it, so I didn't like, I didn't record every single game and watch it. But the last one that I watched with Thomas Mueller, it was most of his stuff was like he's not making a run, he's just in the box, the ball bounces to him, and he scored five goals. <laughs> he, yeah, he's an opportunistic um, goal scorer as well. Um, I think he's more technical yeah. than Klosa or Klaus, um, however you say it. Yeah, I think he's more technical. He's just as opportunistic, though. 
Um, he just gets fewer chances because typically he plays a little wider. Mm-hmm. Um, and I played a similar position. I played on the left side growing up and then even like, you know, into adult leagues that I've played, um, I play out wide as well. So your role is different out wide. Your role is to stretch the defense, to get the ball in the box, um, to take on defender. You know, it's it's not necessarily scoring goals or running the game. Uh, it's stretching. It's, you know, different things. So mm-hmm. um, he just gets fewer opportunities. So he's an underrated player, I think, uh, but absolutely fits in this category. For Consistent sure. to a T. For sure. Uh, so this kind of turned from a conversation of go big and go home to consistency, which I feel like kind of go hand in hand uh, yeah. because the, uh, it the, really depends on specifically in golf, which is what we started the conversation with, and it kind of chased some rabbits, which is fine. That's what we do. Um, specifically with golf, it's all about the consistency of your swing and your shot and knowing mm-hmm. knowing what you're good at, right? Right. Yeah, and, and I allude to this in, in the blog is, look, when you – the scenario that I largely kind of focus on is, hey, a poor tee shot. If you hit a poor tee shot, what do you do next? Do you go big or do you go home, right? Um, and my answer is is go home. Is is be conservative, play safe. It's better to lose one stroke here than to potentially lose a lot more. Yeah, because for sure, hitting it into the woods, taking your medicine, chipping it out into the fairway where you know you can hit a good third at a good distance you know i feel very confident with my wedges i always have so if i can get it back into the fairway where i have a wedge in my hand i still think i can make par on most holes but if you're in the trees and thinking no i can thread this needle and then you clip a tree and it ends up further in the trees Mm -hmm. well then you're just in a much worse situation yeah you just screwed the pooch i mean there's no easy way to put it (laughs) right and so the mindset is what club am i most consistent with is it the one that I'm hitting right now, trying to thread the needle or pull off the hero shot? Or is it the wedge from the fairway or the long iron or short iron or, or whatever? Mm-hmm. Um, whatever shot you can pull off most consistently to get you back on track, that's what you need to be doing in the go big or go home mm-hmm. type of situation. That's good. So uh, I'm going to wrap up here with a quote from the great uh, Andy Minio. Um <laughs> Many of you guys probably don't even know who that is. <laughs> Saint. <clears throat> the danged old uh, theologian, Andy Minio. Nope. Uh, the quote is, Lord, grant me the serenity to accept the things I can't change, the courage to change the things that I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. I feel like that's pretty fitting to this, where it's like, just know your situation, know what you can help and what you can't. Yeah. And uh, don't be don't be dumb. I mean, obviously, if you're out just having fun, you know, try a few joking around, yeah, playing yeah. with your buddies, you know, it's not going to hurt anything to hit a three wood from the pine needles out of the woods and <laughs> right. try to make the green right. But like, like tomorrow, me and Matt are playing at a tournament, and we don't take golf uber seriously. But when we're playing in a tournament of any kind, you know, we're going to take it a little more seriously than we typically want to shoot a good score. Yeah, yeah, and you know we. In a two-man scramble, we want to put up something under par. So, uh, But just you know, go big or go home, it's really up to you. Um, so, Yeah, the, the thing I say almost every week in every blog, and this is what I want people to get from the blog, is look, if you're comfortable and confident over every shot, it doesn't really matter whether it's the hero shot or whether it's the safe, consistent shot. If you're comfortable and confident, 
hit the shot you're comfortable and confident with. That's good. Because that's you'll hit better shots that way. That's good. Uh, I like it. So we chased some rabbits. We talked um, five different sports. Yeah. But, uh, but it was a good time. And uh, we successfully made it under an hour so that's a that's we should get a prize that's a it's a rare <laughs> feat around here we try to keep it at 30 minutes and it just seems to be like never happened an hour is just the mark to beat so mm-hmm. um but guys thank you for tuning in thank you for listening be sure to check out the fairway bunker blog at uh, fairwaybunkerblog.com as matt said up top mm-hmm. spell it just how it sounds yep. uh, type it into your url and it'll take you right to it um also check out his social media which i think is just at fairway bunker blog yeah right? uh, facebook and instagram both it's just fairway bunker blog if you type that in the search bar it'll take you right to the page uh, right to the profile so um lots of good golf content uh pretty regularly on both of those social media platforms a lot of memes uh, <laughs> a I lot like, of memes i like making good golf memes because it's fun. It helps me rele- release my <laughs> frustrations from the golf course and for sure relate to you. So, well, check him out uh, fairwaybunkerblog.com, fairwaybunkerblog on Instagram and Facebook. And while you're at it, uh, click on over to JRB Studios on Facebook and Instagram. Guys, we are dangerously close to 300 likes on our Facebook page, which is awesome. Uh, and when we get to 300 likes, we are doing a giveaway. So, Go over to the Facebook page, nice. check out the pinned post. Um, it's a pretty cool giveaway, I think, um, and it's pretty relevant. So check that out, share the post, tag some friends, like the page, get the job done that way, uh, and then stay tuned for lots of content on JRB Studios, my personal Instagram, and Fairway Bunker blog from this uh, Tee Off for Tabor tournament because mm-hmm. we're going to be taking tons of pictures. We're going to yep. be making videos. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um mm-hmm gonna be a lot of fun a little bit serious because we're gonna try to shoot under par obviously that's what you do so um guys thanks so much for listening and we'll catch you in the next one i reckon i guess yeah